Today, Pastor Javen begins a two-part series called Rest and Distraction. In a world that longs for rest and relaxation, we often lose both because we are so distracted. Today, Pastor Javen will show us the importance of the rest that God wants to give us. Take a moment now and prepare your heart for today's service. Uh, Jumping into just a quick two-week series that we're going to be doing together starting today and then next week. And don't forget next week, you'll you'll be reminded a lot and your phones will tell you, they'll do it for you. But we're, we're springing forward next week. So when you go to bed next Saturday night, remember, you're losing an hour. So don't make that hour you lose be here next week, all right? Be here with us, all right? So go to bed an hour early next Saturday night. But anyway, um, uh, starting to say rest and distraction. That's not what it's supposed to say, right? It's supposed to be rest and relaxation. That's what we're shooting for. But so often that relaxation, that rest gets interrupted by distraction and it's so frustrating, right? We're going to talk about that over these next couple of weeks. One of my favorite features on my phone, which by the way, these things are so distracting, but one of my favorite features on this is this feature right here. It's the do not disturb feature. Man, I tell you, I will use that. I use, I use it at night when I'm sleeping. I use it uh, when there's time where I have to have focused work and I, man, please, I don't need to be distracted. My, I need to keep my mind on this one thing. I'll turn it on that. I'll get that work distraction button right there. And uh, certain people can get through the ones that need me in case of emergency. You know, it's that kind of thing. This is an awesome feature. And what's so great is it links not just my phone, but it links to my computer and everything as well. What, don't you wish that we just had that simple feature for everything? everything in life, right? Where you can just click a do not disturb button because that feature works a lot better than those do not disturb signs at the hotel, right? I mean, because I mean, you can put them on and maybe the hospitality staff won't come in, but it won't keep those loud people coming in at one, two, three in the morning from their night out from yelling and screaming in the hallway, right? You wish it would, but it doesn't. So, uh, so we, we wish we had it. In 2010, Harvard did a study that they put out and they said this, they said they discovered that 47% of the time people's minds are not thinking about what's going on right in front of them. 47% of the time. That means 47% of the time your mind is not where your body is. (laughs) 47% of the time you're in conversations and not paying any attention to the person talking to you. We, all of you are like, that's so true. 47% of the time, that means there's people in this room right now. They don't hear the words coming out of my mouth. They, they, they hear what sounds like Charlie Brown's teacher. Right? If it's not happening right now, I guarantee you that somewhere within this message, that's probably where your mind's going to be. I know I'm not stupid. Right? 47, our lives are busy. Can anybody say, attest to that, right? Our minds are busy. Our minds are busy. They're all over the place. Some of it's because of how much we are invo- we've involved ourselves in. Some of it's because of how much work we do in our life. And why is it that we say, why do we work so much? Why do we stay so busy? Why, why is it for some, for some, it's because that's where they get their identity, Their worth is found in how busy they appear to others. Their worth is found in how much work they do. 
For some of us, we're driven to be busy. We're driven to work so much because we want to please others around us. We don't want to, I'll word it this way. We don't want to let anyone down. And so because I don't want to let anyone down, I just keep adding things to my list that I need to do for others. For some of us, we're so busy because we feel like if I don't do this, then I won't have enough. I'm not going to have all that I need if I don't do all that I need to do. You know, when we're shooting from place to place, because I told you back in the last series that we did, I, taught, you know, I, I said that my schedules in my life is not just my schedule because I'm married and I have kids. My, my schedule is my schedule. It's my wife's schedule and it's my three kids schedule, right? So depending on the stage of life you're in, busyness is probably going to be a part of it. And when we're shooting from place to place in life, there's often this voice that's in my head. This voice that I keep hearing over and over when we're shooting from place to place. It's a voice that comes from a show that runs at Christmas time. Frosty. Busy, busy, busy. That's the voice. I hear it over and over. Busy, busy, busy. That's what, I mean, that's what I feel like. We're going from place to place and it's just all in, in my head. But I want this morning to give us another voice that we can put in our head. And that we can have in our head this morning. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Verse 28. These are the words of Jesus. And he said this. And I just want you to listen. You read it in your word. Read it on the screen. Listen to me say it. And really just breathe in these words. I know that sounds weird to say. But really just breathe in these words this morning. Okay. Jesus said to the people around him. He said, come To me, all of you who are weary, who are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle in heart. And you will find a rest for your what? For your souls. In other words, Jesus wants to give you a rest that's much deeper than just a physical rest for your body. And the thing that's so great about this rest for your soul is that when your soul's at rest, your body's at rest. For my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. Jesus is letting the listeners know that true rest is found in me. And then let's jump over to, the, to Hebrews And see what the author of Hebrews said in Hebrews chapter 4. We'll start at verse 9. The author writes these words and he says, So there is a special rest. A very special rest. Still waiting for the people of God. For all who have entered into God's rest have rested from their what? Labors. From your work. And yeah, this could be the labors that you do to try to earn your salvation. But he goes on and says, just as God did after creating the world, which would have been work. So he said, so let us do our best to enter that rest. But if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. See, God has a rest for us. And these are two different words that are being used in 
In the Gospel of Matthew and in the Hebrews writing, there's two different words for rest that are being used. The word that Jesus is doing is a rest, is a refreshing and a rest that is being produced in us. The word in Hebrews is a rest that comes from you stopping something in order to bring calm. They both are rooted in a word. The root word of those two words are the same, which means cease or stop relying upon something. You stop relying upon something. So what what we're seeing is, is, is that God wants to give us a rest that enables us to stop being weighed down and burdened in our life. He wants to give us a rest that causes us to stop relying on things that don't bring us the true fulfillment that we think they bring. And he wants to bring us a rest that truly refreshes us and truly restores us in our soul and in our body. And Hebrews even mentions when, when, when we reference that, that God, the rest that God had after he created the world, what the author of Hebrews is referencing is Sabbath. He's referencing the Sabbath rest that God told us that we should have. You know, when God initiated the law with Moses and when he started that whole journey with Moses and the Israelites in regards to how they should live their life that would bring them fulfillment. It started with 10 laws on stone tablets. And you realize, have you ever really thought about the fact that one of those 10 laws was a, a command, a, a statement that we should find time for rest in our life. Have you ever really thought about what God was saying? It was as if God was essentially saying that a culture that over or a culture that values overworking, a culture that values overscheduling is as brutal and dehumanizing as a culture that values stealing, adultery, and murder. Have you ever thought of it in that way? God is putting an extreme value on rest. And for the Israelites to take a day to rest, that was a, a big step for them. Because they, they lived in a time where production was valuable every day. Crops had to be harvested every day. Watering had to take place every day. So for them to sacrifice a day and to rest was almost like life and death for them. There was no society around them that took a day to rest, that took time in their life to rest. But God wanted them to understand and God wanted them to realize that at the end of the day, it's not up to you to make things for yourself or to get for yourself. At the end of the day, when you're with me and when you're in me, it's up to me to provide for you. So God wanted them to trust him. It's a, it's a Sabbath principle that's being created where God is saying, if you trust me, then everything that you do within the six days, I will multiply it and make you more effective in six days than you would be if you did it seven days. It's the same kind of principle that goes with the tithe. 
where we trust God with our, with 90% rather than a hundred percent trusting God with 90%. God's going to allow us to do even more, but God's saying, trust me and you trust me and you give me those six days. I will make you more effective on that seventh day. A modern day example of this is a restaurant that many of you have probably thought, let's go eat there today on Sundays. And then you realize, oh, wait, shoot. No, we can't go eat there today. They're closed. Chick-fil-A. Truett Cathy was the owner, founder of uh, Chick-fil-A. He was a devoted follower of Christ. And all of you are getting mad at me right now, right? Because that graphic's on the screen. He's a devoted follower of Christ. And he committed that he was going to give his employees a day off of work. And this was going to be a day that they could rest. And if they chose, they could go and worship somewhere. And it was going to be on a Sunday. He was so serious about this that he one day discovered that there was a franchise in another state opening their Chick-fil-A on a Sunday. Troy Cathy got in his car, rode to that establishment, met with the general manager And told him, our policy is we don't open on Sunday. It is a day of rest for our employees. Since you cannot follow our policies, you are no longer general manager of this franchise. This principle was very important to him. You want to know something that's remarkable? In a franchise that only has 2,000, from what I could find, 2,802 franchises. Only 2,802 franchises. That sounds like a lot, but that's not really a lot when you compare it with other franchises. One that only has 2,802, they are the 11th most profitable franchise in the fast food market. That's amongst places that have tens of thousands of restaurants all across the world. And not only that, according to BusinessWire, they're number one for customer satisfaction. Why? Because it's their pleasure to serve you. But you know, I bet you can have more pleasure in serving when you get time to rest. It's a principle. It's a value. It's something that we need to take into into heart in our life. The Sabbath rest is a declaration of trust in God. It's saying, God, I trust you. But it's also a place where you take time to reflect and remember what God has done for you. Namely, your salvation. In Deuteronomy, when Moses references the Sabbath to the people, he tells them to take time to remember what God has brought you out of. In other words, you were once slaves in Egypt. You were were in that bondage in Egypt. God heard your cries. He rescued you. He delivered you out of that bondage. Take time to remember what he's rescued you from. Stop thinking like slaves And start thinking like a child of God. And see, this is where Jesus is taking us into our rest. He is taking us to a place where we can have this declaration of trust. Where we can have this statement that says, I don't have to be a cog in the machine whose identity is created by and whose security is found in how busy I am and how much I work. My security, my identity, everything I need is found in Christ. Maybe you've heard it's an older movie, but maybe you've heard of the movie Chariots of Fire. Chariots of Fire tells the story of a a racer by the name of Eric Liddell. 
He was an Olympian. He was in the 1924 Olympics. His, his best race, the thing that he was known for was the 100-meter dash. I mean, 100-meter yard run. That was, he was fast. That Everybody knew he was going to win that. I mean, he was the Usain Bolt of his day, okay? So he was, he had prepared and worked for that. And you know how hard Olympians prepare and they work for something? Well, Liddell discovered that the qualifying race for the 100-meter race for the 1924 Olympics was going to be held on a Sunday. Eric Liddell was also a devout follower of Christ. His parents were, he was the son of Scottish uh, missionaries. Sunday was a day of rest for him. It was his Sabbath. When he learned that the qualifying race for the 100-meter race for the 1924 Olympics was going to be held on a Sunday, he said, I'm not going to run. Because he valued the principle of rest over anything else, even a gold medal. What's awesome is one racer realized his commitment and his conviction and they surrendered their spot for the 400 meter race to Eric Liddell, which wasn't his primary race, but Liddell ran that race. And that picture was him winning the gold in the 400 meter race in the 1924 Olympics. The movie Chariots of Fire show us another guy by the name of Harold Abrams, who makes this statement when he's talking about why he runs the hundred meter race. He says, this race is 10 seconds to justify myself. This was Harold Abrams statement. In other words, he's saying this is 10 seconds to prove my identity, to prove why I exist. But Eric Liddell was famous for being known of saying that the reason he runs is because God made him fast. And when he runs, when he runs, he feels God's pleasure. That is a juxtaposition, folks. This is a difference between two people, between two different mindsets, between two different places. One laboring to be sure of who he is. One resting in who he is. And even when he labors, he can rest. When we find our rest in God, when we find our place in Christ, we understand that he is our righteousness. I don't have to labor. I don't have to work to, to, to get righteousness. I don't have to work to, to prove I'm a good person. I don't have to labor over and over to earn God's love, to earn God's salvation. My salvation is in Christ. I can rest in that. My rest is in Christ is my security. I don't have to overwork to have enough for myself and my family. I'm, I'm, I'm secure in Christ. My security is in Christ. He is going to provide for me. He's going to meet my needs. I work. I do the opportunities he gives me, but I don't have to overwork and sacrifice things because I can trust that he is going to provide. My identity is in Christ. I don't have to do all of these things just so I can make myself look like someone to someone else. My identity is in him. I can be secure in who I am when I'm in him. I can rest in that. Knowing that he is taking care of me. The gospel of Luke tells a story, uh, a a time when Jesus entered the home of Mary and Martha. You may know the the story. But in, in this 
time in this situation, Jesus is in this home and Martha, Martha is a picture of distraction. Mary is a picture of rest. An interesting thing, when Jesus begins to talk to Martha, he calls her by name twice. He says, Martha, Martha. In that, in that time frame when that's done, typically when you see that being done, it's being done in the, in, the, in the sense of weeping being taken place. You go back to when David called out to his son Absalom. He said, Absalom, Absalom, my son, my son. Also one that we all probably know is God, when Jesus, when he was on the cross, he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is a place of weeping. It's a place of, of, of where, where your, your heart is kind of torn in this moment. So it could be that Jesus is looking at Martha and he's saying, Martha, Martha, he is so upset at how she's allowed herself to be distracted from his presence in her life. Where on the other hand, Mary, the scripture tells us, is sitting at the feet of Jesus. To sit at the feet of someone in that day, in that time, was to be a a sign of authority. I'm under their authority. So Mary was saying, I am submitted to you, Jesus. I am under your authority and I am listening to to you. I want to be in your presence. I want to receive everything that you have to give me. Now, when we go back to Hebrews, what's interesting in that passage of Hebrews, when the author's talking about rest... If we would keep going in verse 12 and 13, after we stopped in verse 11, look at where verse 12 says. It says, for the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. This is all in the context of how valuable rest is to us. And he goes to verse 13 and he says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything's naked and exposed before his eyes. He is the one to whom we are accountable. It's as if the author is saying that the word of God gets us to a place where it reveals our real motivations. It reveals the real reasons. It reveals the real place that we're putting our identity, the place we're putting our security, the place we're finding our righteousness. It reveals that to us. And when it reveals that to us, now we are laid naked and bare right in front of God. But if we're constantly putting ourselves in the place in the presence of Jesus, and we're finding our rest in him for our soul, then we can be like we read just a couple of weeks ago when Adam and Eve communed with God in the garden daily before they began to try to take things in their own hands. Before they went, fell into that temptation for their identity and for their security and who they wanted to be. When they truly rested and trusted in God, Genesis 2.25 says that they were naked and they felt no shame. So when you're in the presence of God, when you rest in him, when you're submitted to his authority and you allow him to speak into your heart and your life, you can rest in him unashamed because you know everything that's being revealed about where you're placing your security, where you're placing your identity, where you're placing your righteousness, it's going to be found in him. Your rest comes from him. All throughout scripture, we see where, where it says, he who he, let everyone hear the word of the Lord. We see Jesus talking. He says, he who has ears to hear, let him listen to what's being said. Uh, a primary place that, uh, a popular place that he said this was in a parable called the parable of the sower. When he shared this story to his listeners and, and he walked away and he shared it even more deeper with his disciples, he pointed out to them that there was one that was more productive than all the others. And isn't that what we want to be in life? Productive? 
We want to produce. He said the one that produced, it a, produced a harvest that was 30, 60, 100 fold greater than any others was the one that listened and understood the word of God. When you sit in the presence of God, when you sit under his authority, when you sit in his presence, he will give your soul a rest. 47% of the time, your mind is not where your body is. Are you still here? Do you realize the rest that God wants to give you in your life, in your heart and in your soul? He wants you to be at rest in his presence. The psalmist said this in Psalm chapter 84, verse 10. He says this, a single day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I'd rather be a gatekeeper in the house of my God than live the good life in the homes of the wicked. He said, God, just give me today in your presence. God wants us to wake up every day realizing that today is an opportunity to be and to live in the presence of God. Today is that opportunity. Today. When the Israelites began to be fed in the wilderness when they were roaming and God said, I'll give you bread to eat. How much bread did he give them? He gave them bread for a day. He gave them what they needed that day. When Jesus taught us to pray, he said, pray, God, give us today our daily bread. God, give me what I need today. Help me to understand what I need today. When he talked about, and also in that Sermon on the Mount, he said, don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry about tomorrow. Today is enough. Focus on today. Live in today. Rest in his presence today. Put your focus on him today. Because when you put your focus on God today, he will let you rest in your heart and your soul. And you can live in the moment that he gives you every day. Doesn't mean don't plan. I'm a planner. We plan. People plan. But we don't live worried about what's coming up. We live in today. We live with where God has us right now. Psalm 118 verse 24, the psalmist says this. He says, this is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Today is the day that he has given you. Today is an opportunity to submit yourself to the authority of God. Today is the day that you can rest in his presence. And today is the day that no matter what you face in this day today, you can be at rest and you can live in every moment that you have in front of you. Are you still here? The only way to be fully present is to let go of a past that you can't change and trust that God's taking care of it. And to surrender a future and let God direct you in it. So let go and trust that he's got it. Jesus said, come to me. Everyone who's weary, everyone who's heavy burdened, come to me, Jesus said, and I'll give you rest. In other words, rest is found in surrender. Rest is found when we surrender to the authority of God and to Christ in our life. And here's the beauty, like we said earlier, when we surrender to Christ and we rest in him, even when we work, even when the stages of our life might be busy, our soul can be at rest. Our body, our mind can be at rest in him. Look at this verse. This this verse might become one of your favorite verses in scripture. Psalmist said this, Psalm 127, 
Verse 1, he says, unless the Lord builds a house, its builders labor over it in vain. Unless the Lord watches over a city, the watchman stay alert in vain. What does it mean? What is he saying? He's saying, don't try to do everything on your own. Let God help you. Let God help you. Trust him as you do it. Don't try to do it without him because if you're doing it without him, it's all in vain. But watch what God does for those who trust him and lets them do it. In vain, you get up early and stay up late, working hard to have enough food. But look what God does. He gives sleep to the ones he loves. Somebody said, amen. God gives sleep to the ones he loves. And guess what? He loves you. If you're restless in your heart and your life and you're not finding sleep, it's not because God doesn't love you. He does love you. And because he loves you, he wants to give you sleep. You'll find that when you rest and you surrender to him. Rest in him. Jesus is not offering an escape. He's offering you a new way to do life, a new way to bear responsibilities. He's offering you assistance. Take his yoke. When you yoke up with someone stronger than you, guess who carries the most of the weight? The one that's stronger. If all he gave you was an escape, you might get an escape for that moment, but you would be right back in that time of stress, that time of anxiety, that time of concern, that time of unrest. God wants to give you a place in your soul and your heart where you can be at rest in him. He wants to give you more. He wants to give you life. He wants to give you life more abundantly. He wants you to sit under his authority. He wants you to find rest in him today. And every day that you wake up, you wake up saying, God, today's a day you've given me. Today's a day I want to live in your presence. God, go with me in everything I do today. Help my soul be at rest. And as my soul's at rest, God, my heart's going to be at rest. My mind's going to be at rest. My body's going to be at rest in you. Are you still here today? Stand with me this morning. think of a great opportunity to have communion together this morning for us to take a moment to remember, to reflect on what Christ did for us that brings us rest to remember the sacrifice that Jesus made for us so that we can be at rest in his presence so as we take just a moment to worship, if, there, if you should have received the elements as you came in this morning, if you didn't, just lift up your hand. One of the ushers will, will come to you and bring you an element so that you can get that this morning. There's some, there are some around. But we're going to go into just a time, a moment of worship. And as we go into this moment of worship, I just want you to think and just begin to pray, begin to reflect on what God's done for you and begin to seek God and say, God, is there any area in my life today that I need to surrender to you? Is there anything that I need to surrender? Am I trying to find my righteousness somewhere else other than you? What do I need to surrender today? Am I trying to find my security in anything else for life in anywhere else other than you? God, help me to see where I need to surrender today. Am I looking to put my identity in something other than you today? God, help me find my identity. What do I need to surrender in you? Let's just take this moment to worship, to reflect, to seek God 
what we need to surrender to him. And we'll come back and we'll take communion together in just a moment. If you need prayer in any way today, we would love for you to reach out to us. You can go to our website, bwccamden.com, go to our contact page. You'll find the link there to uh, request prayer or send us anything that you uh, would like to communicate with us today. Or you can also simply text the word prayer to 803-676-7566. And we will be back in touch with you to find out how we can be in prayer for you. God bless you. We hope that you have a great week.